What's up, everybody? On today's show, who is Alabama looking at as its next offensive coordinator with Bill O'Brien gone? And the Vols lock up Josh Heupel after two great seasons in Knoxville. But can he take them even further? Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. we got plenty to discuss. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. What a catch! Around the conference. And we start with Josh Heupel, who led Tennessee to a number one ranking this past season, finished with an 11-win season. And now the Vols opening up the checkbook to take care of him. He received a contract extension this week. That will take him through January of 2029. This coming from Athletic Director Danny White. Chris Lowe of ESPN reporting that Heupel's new deal is going to pay him $9 million a year and extend him through the 2028 season. He is now one of the top-tier SEC coaches, uh, highest-paid SEC coaches, that is. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Jimbo Fisher, and Brian Kelly are the only four coaches in the conference making more than Heupel. Heupel came in making $4 million a year, was bumped to $5 million a year this past year, and now he's basically doubled that to $9 million a year. Danny White saying in his release that uh, the results over Josh's two seasons speak for themselves. He and his staff have energized our football program and our fan base with an aggressive brand of football, competitive culture that creates leaders and a relentless approach to raising the bar every day. Uh, despite a brief period of dormancy, Tennessee never surrendered its status as a college football powerhouse. We just needed an innovative leader like Josh Heupel to reignite the spark. And it's been fun to watch the party, or crash the party, rather, as Josh said after our Orange Bowl triumph. In both seasons under Heupel, Tennessee has surpassed its SEC preseason projected order finish and came into this um, the 2022 season unranked but got all the way up to number one in the initial college football playoff rankings when they started 8-0, and it gave Tennessee its first top hole position since the 1998 national championship season. Heupel joined College Football Hall of Famers Philip Fulmer, uh, General Neyland, and uh, Coach Wyatt to lead a Tennessee team to a number one ranking. Heupel also became the first vault coach in 21 years to defeat Alabama, Florida, and LSU in the same season as Neyland Stadium became the epicenter of the sport with multiple ESPN College Game Day appearances, six consecutive sellouts, its first ever New Year's Six Bowl berth, and defeated the ACC Clemson, uh, champ Clemson to claim their first Orange Bowl trophy since 1939. The Vols concluded the year number six in both the AP and USA Today coaches' polls, representing their highest finish since 2001. You can't deny what he has been able to do. Josh Heupel has been outstanding. He's been fantastic. The question, though, becomes... Can he elevate them? Can he become, uh, you know, can he take that next step and beat Georgia, win the SEC East, and get the Vols back 
to Atlanta. It's been a while since they've been there. And uh, look, Tennessee for a while was making regular trips to Atlanta, winning the SEC East. Can they do that? It's going to be tough. It's a tough challenge. Georgia is riding high under Kirby Smart. These last two years, they have been absolutely dominant in back-to-back national championships. But this year, the Bulldogs come to Knoxville. This is going to be a monster, monster season. You hate to pin it on that one game, but it really does come down to that one game. Can Heupel find a way to beat Georgia in that game, win the East, and get the Vols back to Atlanta with a chance to make the playoff? And outside chance this year, you know, really, if they took care of business against South Carolina, would have had a great argument to make it into the college football playoff, albeit without Hendon Hooker. It would have been Joe Milton in there, a quarterback. But uh, nonetheless, Tennessee's right there knocking on the door. But you step up to the plate and you pay Josh Heupel $9 million a year. Now it's time to break through that door and take the next step. Can they do it? We will find out. But, uh, again, that's just my thoughts on it. Uh, very well-deserved for Hypo, but Tennessee fans, you know, is this the ceiling? Is this the best he can do? 10-11 wins, but finishing second in the East, going to a New Year's Six Bowl. It's great. Don't get me wrong. But what if this is the best he can do? What if he can't break through that ceiling of knocking off Georgia and winning the East? Granted, the playoff is going to expand here very soon, so maybe it won't matter. You know, there will be plenty of teams in the SEC that won't play for a conference championship but we'll still make the playoff and could still make some noise in winning some playoff games and winning a national championship. That's certainly on the table, but I'd like to see Hypo break through and take that next step. One other uh, big topic in the SEC this week, Alabama officially losing their offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, to the NFL ranks as he officially took the offensive coordinator job with the New England Patriots. Now Nick Saban must replace both offensive and defensive coordinators this offseason and a lot of media members making some uh, or you know saying who the uh, Bama should look to to hire um, kind of throwing some names out there and here were some of the names from some of the people's list our buddy Connor O'Gara over at Saturday Down South he put out there Alabama OC Dan Mullen that would be an interesting one we know how good the offenses were under Mullen at Florida um, wasn't all, you know, was didn't achieve great heights as the head coach of Florida, but certainly had some great offenses there with the Gators. Cliff Kingsbury seems to be a, a very popular one, of course. You know, was at Texas Tech coaching Pat Mahomes, and then most recently with the Arizona Cardinals coaching Kyler Murray. Uh, there's some aspects of that offense that would work in Bama, of course. Uh, Joe Brady, another interesting one. Of course, we know the magical season he had in 2019 as the passing game coordinator working um, working with their staff there in Joe Burrow. So that would be an intriguing one. And then uh, Barrett Salee, he threw out some names, said uh, Jeff Scott, of course, former uh, uh, Clemson guy who uh, maybe could bring some wrinkles from his time there. Uh, Jeff Lebby, uh, who's at Oklahoma, of course, was at Ole Miss recently, and he would certainly bring uh, some, some nice wrinkles. But I, I got to think that if you're Saban, you got to have an idea of who your quarterback's going to be because whether it's Jalen Milrow, whether it's Ty Simpson or one of these incoming freshmen, I would think you would want to tailor the offense to suit the best needs of whoever's going to be the starter. We saw Jalen Milrow with some great running ability last year in his uh, spot duty where he was able to play. Ty Simpson a little bit more you know, unproven. We saw him in the, in the spring game a good bit last year but didn't see him much in games this year. 
I just wonder who has the leg up. If it is Jalen Milrow, I would think you would want an offense that's going to suit his skill set as opposed to some of the other guys. Do you want to go traditional pocket passer? Well, Joe Brady seemed to have great success uh, with uh, calling plays for or, uh, you know part of that offense with Joe Burrow in 2019 at LSU, but he's been with the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen as his quarterback's coach, who uh, obviously has great running ability. Dan Mullen at times, we've seen both. We've seen him with Kyle Trask. We saw him with uh, Emory Jones and uh, Anthony Richardson. So we saw a good mix of quarterbacks that he's called plays for. Drop back, pocket passers, traditional, uh, and then more mobile quarterbacks as well. So whichever one's going to suit the skill sets of who we think the starter will be, I just know this. It feels like Saban can't get it wrong, right? Even the hires of Pete Golding and Bill O'Brien, while Alabama fans wanted to move on from them, you can't by any means say they weren't successful in their time in Tuscaloosa. Pete Golding had a top 20 defense just about every year he was at Alabama. I know Alabama fancies themselves thinking we needed at least a top five defense. Um, So, but again, can't say it was bad. And with Bill O'Brien, look, he was the play caller. He was the OC when Bryce Young won the Heisman. First Heisman winning quarterback in the history of Alabama with Bill O'Brien calling the play. So it wasn't all not a success. They had some great success there. But for Nick Saban now, Bill O'Brien leaving marks the sixth different offensive coordinator Alabama will have had in the last eight seasons. Just doesn't seem to matter. Nick Saban says next man up and they find success. So we will see what happens uh, moving forward here with the OC and DC hires. I did see somebody said, look, it's very simple, Nick. Just go ahead and hire uh, Jeremy Pruitt as the DC, Dan Mullen as the OC, and let's roll. We'll see if that is the route Nick Saban decides to go in coming weeks. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we are going to switch gears and talk a little bit about Robert Thomas and some issues with him over at Georgia already. That coming away in just a second. But first, I want to remind you guys about our great new sponsor here on Locked on SEC, and that is FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner uh, for Locked on because they are the number one sports book in America, and that is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, sign up today. Get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. You just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at an even bigger payout with same game parlay. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Football fans, don't miss out. We got conference championship weekend happening this week. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Continuing on here, Locked On SEC, and wanted to jump into this, some news over at Georgia as we talk about Rara Thomas, incoming wide receiver coming over from Mississippi State to Georgia. He was arrested early Monday by university police on two charges, including a felony, according to Clark County Jail arrest records. Details have emerged from the police report, according to the Athens Banner-Herald. He was charged with felony, false imprisonment, and misdemeanor battery, family violence, first offense. Uh, He was accused of standing in front of a fourth floor East Campus Village dorm room door, blocking the exit 
and telling a female who he argued with that she could not leave. Thomas allegedly bruised the woman's bicep and caused abrasions to her shins. Uh, she told police that she and Thomas lived together in Mississippi and in his native Alabama and were planning to live together in Athens' department. The incident occurred at 11.30 p.m. on Sunday at McWhorter Hall. He was arrested at 3 a.m. Monday by University of Georgia police, booked into jail. He's 20 years old, was released on bond, and gave police a little bit of a differing account of what happened than she did. So we will find out what is going to happen here. Thomas posted on his Facebook page Monday morning. Y'all know I'm not that type of person. I know better than my mama taught me uh, well. I'll never, ever put hands on a female gots to get away from social media so a uh, woman told police she got into a verbal argument with thomas who she described as her boyfriend who was upset that she was following an unidentified male on instagram she left the dorm after the argument went to the gym but they continued to argue via text and when she went back to the dorm they continued arguing so see what happens here but that was one of the big prize off-season acquisitions of the georgia bulldogs and adding rara thomas from mississippi state and dominic lovett from mizzou We'll see what happens with Robert Thomas in Georgia moving forward. Other news going on around the conference. How about over at Vanderbilt? Clark Lee announcing the addition of three incoming transfers Tuesday morning. All three transfers play on the defensive side of the ball, including Stanford pass rushers Aeneas DeCosmo and Jacob Katona and ex-Michigan State linebacker Carson Castile. DeCosmo spent the last four years at Stanford coming off his best year where he had 26 tackles, one and a half sacks. Castile was a three-star prospect out of the state of Alabama in 2021. Did not record any stats in his two seasons at Michigan State, but did play in eight games this past year. Katana is also an Alabama native from the class of 2021. Did not record any stats with Stanford. According to Vandy's release, all three players will be present for spring practice. Commodores have three early enrollees who will be practicing with the team this spring. Running back Cedric Alexander, linebacker Ethan Crisp, and linebacker Jalen Ruth. So we'll see if Vandy can build off of that 5-7 and seven season that they had last year as their best record since 2018. Some other news over at Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin is expected to hire a familiar face to be the next DB's coach at uh, with the Rebels. Former Western Kentucky cornerbacks coach Kenodo Hudson heading to Oxford. Worked under Kiffin as a defensive assistant in his short stint as USC's head coach. Followed Kiffin to FAU, left for Illinois for the same position in 2019. Uh, he led the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers in 2021, uh, their secondary number one in total interceptions that year across the Conference USA. So Hudson going to replace Sam Carter, who was hired as secondary coach at Purdue. Ole Miss recently hired Wes Neighbors as their new safeties coach last week. Now, some other additions for Ole Miss. Offensive tackle Mana Taimani is headed to the SEC. He's a JUCO offensive lineman from California. He announced he's heading to Ole Miss from Diablo Diablo Valley College. Six foot five, 310 pounds. We'll see uh, if he can play immediately right there on that O-line for Ole Miss. Another addition, uh, Georgia Tech defensive back Zamari Walton. He is uh, transferring into Ole Miss, announced Oh, he is transferring there. He had 36 tackles for the Yellow Jackets last year, tied for the eighth most tackles on the team. And then uh, D lineman Brandon Mack, former Ole Miss defensive lineman, he entered the transfer portal. He announced he is transferring to Houston, now heading to the uh, Big 12. And then a couple other transfers as well. Uh, linebacker Manny Nunner, Nunnery, who is from uh, Houston Cougars, he is transferring to the Florida Gators. Last year he recorded... 
Uh, 46 total tackles, sack, and two pass breakups for the Houston Cougars. So he is now a Florida Gator. And another Florida Gator, how about uh, Cameron Carroll, veteran running back from Tulane. He is transferring to Florida. He is the uh, eighth transfer to commit to the Gators this offseason. His best year at Tulane came in 2020 when he led the team with 12 rushing touchdowns and finished second with 740 rushing yards. Ethan White entered the transfer portal, former Florida offensive lineman. He is heading to Southern Cal. So he will play for USC. And a few other notes over at Arkansas. They have uh, looking to fill a void on their defensive staff. Cornerbacks analyst at Florida, Deron Wilson. He will be the secondary coach for the Razorbacks, according to On3 Sports. Uh, Wilson played DB at Southern Miss and was a part of the secondary that broke the NCAA record for interceptions, returned for touchdowns with eight when they won the Conference USA Championship back in 2011. Over at uh, South Carolina, they're making an interesting hire. Speaking of ties to Arkansas, Ryan Juracek, son of uh, Hunter Juracek, who is the athletic director at Arkansas, he is joining Shane Beamer's South Carolina staff. He's a uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina native, been coaching since 2020, was on staff at Arkansas for two years as a grad assistant, played tight end at Marshall back in the day. But uh, at Arkansas, he worked with South Carolina assistant coaches Justin Stepp and Dahl Loggins. So Hunter, uh, Hunter Juracek's son, Ryan Juracek, going to coach over at South Carolina. And speaking of South Carolina, they continue to add some weapons for Spencer Rattler. Already this offseason, they added tight end Trey Knox from Arkansas, Nick, Nick Elksness from Florida, and Joshua Simon to their tight end room. On Monday, they added Memphis wide receiver Eddie Lewis joining South Carolina via the transfer portal last year was Memphis's leading receiver, 42 catches for over 600 yards and seven touchdowns, earned second-team All-AAC honors as a returner. So Gamecock getting Juice Wells back, and now they add a uh, wide receiver from Memphis, Eddie Lewis, to the mix. So good pickup there. And then uh, one other note from Georgia offensive lineman Jacob Hood. He announced he is heading to Nebraska via the transfer portal. So there you have it. Those are some of the latest stories from around the SEC. Coming up next, we'll hit on a few more for you, including a future LSU game we'll touch on next. Jumping back into it, and uh, as we continue going on around the conference, hitting on some headlines, uh, LSU, some interesting news coming up down the road for them as they announced a 2027 season kickoff game over in Houston against the Houston Cougars at NRG Stadium. So coming up this next year, LSU will play on the road against Florida State at a neutral side game in Orlando. 2024, they will head to Las Vegas for a neutral site season opener against USC. In 2025, they'll travel to Clemson week one before hosting Clemson in 2026. And in 2027, they will head to Houston to play the Cougars. So LSU got some big opening uh, week one games on their schedule for the next handful of years. But a Labor Day showdown 2027. Will Brian Kelly still be the coach of LSU? Will Dana Holgerson still be the coach at Houston? We will see once we get down the road. Uh, Interesting note on the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia offensive lineman Warren McClendon is going to honor his former Bulldog teammate at the Senior Bowl in Mobile next month. Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl announced this week that uh, they have assigned the number 77 to Warren McClendon for the week of the Senior Bowl. That was the number worn by his teammate, Devin Willock. 
Uh, Willock, of course, uh, and Georgia staffer Chandler LaCroix passed away in the single car accident just over a week ago. McClendon was a passenger in the car, but uh, only sustained minor, minor injuries. He's one of four Bulldogs heading to the Senior Bowl, including running back Kenny McIntosh, safety Christopher Smith, and kicker Jack Pelesny, and some rumors that maybe Stetson Bennett going to join them. So we will see. Uh, what happens there. Uh, by the way, Georgia AD Josh Brooks did release a statement on the investigation into the crash, which killed uh, Willock and LaCroix. He said, our thoughts and prayers continue to be with the family and friends of all those impacted by the tragic event. There were some details in an Atlanta Journal-Constitution story and won't get into it, but a lot of people thought it was a little insensitive and kind of, hey, more details than we needed to know. I'll leave that out there for those of you who want to go check that out Uh, by the way Stetson Bennett speaking of maybe going to the senior bowl he did pick up another award this past week he got the uh, 2022 Manning award becoming the fourth straight quarterback from the SEC to win the honor its 19th year was created by the Sugar Bowl to honor the college football accomplishments of Archie Payton and Eli Manning it's the only quarterback award that takes into consideration the candidates bowl and playoff performances in its balloting The award is voted on by a panel of local and national media, as well as each of the Manning family in three postseason games this year. Stetson Bennett completed 72% of his passes with 11 touchdowns, ran for three scores as well. Outstanding year, and uh, congrats to Stetson Bennett. Continues to add some trophies to the trophy room there. A uh, note over at uh, Auburn, of course, Hugh Freeze taking over. A lot of people excited to see what the Auburn Tigers are going to do this year. And moving forward, but an Auburn great going to be stepping into the radio booth as a former quarterback going to replace another for the Tigers ahead of this season. Stan White announces retirement from the Auburn radio booth at the conclusion of the 2022 season. School announced that Jason Campbell will be Auburn Sports Network's football radio analyst this year. Campbell led the Tigers to that undefeated historic season in 2004. He will step in. Uh, White, of course, served in that capacity for 22 years. It's a big move for Auburn. Uh, Jason Campbell becomes just the third football radio analyst over the last 43 years for Auburn, joining Stan White and former Auburn signal signal caller uh, Charlie Trotman. But uh, Jason Campbell, he joined the Auburn Sports Radio Network crew back in 2016, serving as their pregame and halftime show analyst. So he's got a lot of experience, and we've had him on the podcast before. Best of luck to Jason Campbell, wishing him... uh, all the success in his future endeavors with the Auburn Radio Network. And just a a quick SEC uh, baseball note before we get out of here. College baseball rankings are officially here. On Monday, Baseball America released their preseason top 25 rankings, and eight SEC teams made the list. The SEC has the top three teams and six of the top ten teams. Uh, LSU coming in preseason number one, Tennessee preseason number two, Florida preseason number three so boom 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 three sec teams there at the top vanderbilt comes in at number six texas a&m at number seven ole miss at number 10 arkansas at 11 so that is seven sec teams ranked in their preseason top 11 and then auburn squeezing in at number 22 so the sec again looks to be loaded we will see who gets to omaha for the college world series this year and there you have it that's the latest news going on all over the SEC. Uh, Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Make sure to check out our brand new podcast, the Locked on College Basketball Podcast. Everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place. 
You can hear from some big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's a Locked On College Basketball podcast available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.